Hi, this is Papunjai, and we are listening to Oldest Gate on Air. Welcome back, friends, to Aldersgate On Air. In honor of this year's upcoming Juneteenth Festival of the Carolinas here in Charlotte, we have invited two very special guests to speak about the significance of this holiday and how it is shaping modern culture. But before we introduce them, we'd like to give you a brief history on the origins of Juneteenth. On September 22, 1862, President Abraham Lincoln issued an executive order called Proclamation 95, otherwise known as the Emancipation Proclamation. On January 1st, 1863, this proclamation went into effect, officially changing the legal status of over 3.5 million enslaved Africans and their descendants in the Confederate States to free. However, it wasn't until two and a half years later that Major General Gordon Granger landed in Galveston, Texas with the news that the war had ended and that all slaves were now in fact free. And it is this date, June 19, 1865, that represents the oldest nationally celebrated commemoration of the ending of slavery in the United States and has become known by its more popular name, Juneteenth. Joining us today is Papanjai, a Senegalese immigrant and the owner-operator of House of Africa, an amazing art gallery and shop with locations in both Charlotte and New York. In addition to running his shops, Pop is the founder of Charlotte's Juneteenth Festival and has been its lead organizer for over two decades. Also joining us is Charlotte historian and author of Sorting Out the New South City, Tom Hatchett, who provides some additional depth and perspective to the growth of Charlotte and how the Juneteenth celebrations have impacted the city and the outlying area. So please welcome to Aldersgate On Air, Pop and Jai and Tom Hatchett. Hey Pop, hey Tom, thank you so much for joining me today, it's an honor to have you both here. Thank you very much for having us. Great to be here on uh, the, the magic of the interwebs. <laughs> the magic <laughs> of the interwebs, yes, it is quite magical that allows us to be in multiple spots at one time for sure. Um, so before we roll into kind of all of the awesome stuff that we're going to talk about, if it's okay, I'd like to give the listeners a little bit of background on each of you. So uh, Pop, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself who you are, where you came from, and what brought you to Charlotte? Wow. Uh, my name is Pap Sidunjai, but they call me Pap. I was born and raised in Senegal, West Africa, and uh, come to America, first in New York City in 1994, opened up my first shop called House of Africa in Manhattan, and two years later, opened up House of Africa in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, so you've been here for, for quite some time, and as soon as you got here, you're like, boom, I'm going to open up some stores. That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, what made you want to uh, get into the, the retail sector and, and have a shop? What was the inspiration behind that? Mm, that wasn't my profession, but the love of art. I'm a banker by profession, but my love of art and sitting behind a desk eight hours a day <laughs> come to New York City and to America and opened up my first shop, Art Gallery, African Art Gallery in New York and opened up the second one in Charlotte, North Carolina. And um, I just love the art. That's why, and also to bring our rich heritage and powerful culture to spread it around the world. 
Yeah. And I watched you walk through your shop as we were kind of getting connected today and it looks quite vast. Do you directly import all of those items that you have? How do you get all that cool stuff? Uh, I go all over Africa from north to south, east to west, you name it. I'm there bringing the real stuff here. That's why the store, yeah, it is 2,000 square feet full of stuff from art that come from all over Africa, old and contemporary. We have pieces here that are 1,000 years old. We have pieces that are made last week because I just got back from uh, Senegal in South Africa three weeks ago. Yeah, so you're hand carrying a lot of that stuff or shipping it. No, we ship them by container. Oh, okay. Right, yeah. Gotcha. And uh, Tom, how about you? Give us a little bit of background on yourself. Well, I'm a community historian here in Charlotte. I worked for Levine Museum of the New South for a long time, and before that for the Historic Landmarks Commission. Uh, I live in Plaza Midwood, right around the corner from House of Africa. Right. And uh, Charlotte is, is becoming uh, an immigrant center in this century, but I was just amazed to find Pop's uh, store on, on Thomas Avenue, which in the 90s was pretty bedraggled. Um, and today, Plaza Midwood is bustling. And having that center for people who are interested in African culture, you know, there's always somebody interesting in that shop. It's one of the things that has made Plaza Midwood a, a really special place in the, the time that I've been a neighbor. Yeah. And am I understanding it correctly that you, sir, are an author? Uh, yes. I wrote a wonderful book. I will hold it up so that your radio friends can see it. Uh, it's called okay. Sorting Out the New South City, and it's a history of Charlotte, how this became a big city. Um, and uh, it came out in a new second edition from UNC Press uh, this year. And the folks at Aldersgate have been really kind in inviting me to come over and, and talk about that history uh, at Aldersgate. Awesome. And I understand that uh, you either took less or took no royalties uh, to allow it to remain cheaper and more accessible for people. Is that correct? Yeah, it's a, a real good deal. Um, the, uh, Amazon has it for, um, I can't even mention the price. <laughs> uh, you can also get it at the local bookstores, and it, it's at your public library, which is the ultimate bargain. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, starting out the New South City, it, it's uh, the most comprehensive history that this now big city has about how, how we got to be who we are. Yeah. And how do the two of you know each other? How did you meet? Tell us that story. Um, if, if you walk around the Plaza Midwood business district, you, you know that House Africa is there and you know it's special. And I don't have any memory beyond that. Um, I do have a little memory behind that. Uh, we met, I think, when I just got here in a meeting for the first Juneteenth. That was on, in the south side. West, I think that was West, how they call it? It was a school there. The school's still there. The breakfast morning meeting. Very good. And it you sounds remember? like the kind of thing that I would do. I've, I've gotten old enough, so I don't remember specific stuff. But I, every June for 22 years now? 24. 
24 years, this 20. celebration. Initially, it was, when I was first aware of it, it was Thomas Avenue. They would close off Thomas Avenue. There would be tents. There would be drum circles. And yep. on Sunday mornings, the, 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 the older parishioners from some of the gospel churches would come and listen and sing. Um, and, uh, and it grew from Thomas Avenue, and then it, it took over Independence Park. And then the, it, there was actually too big for Independence Park, which has no, no good parking. And so it's moved back to Thomas Avenue. And, Where it uh, stands 24 years ago, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, Pop, you are kind of uh, credited in a lot of sense with really kind of spearheading uh, this Juneteenth uh, celebration, which I believe you refer to often as a festival, um, mm -hmm. which I think is awesome because not only is it just a celebration, but it, but it really is a very big, uh, very big to do. And so, you know, going on 25 years for doing this, uh, that's pretty remarkable. What made you really want to, to get involved in this? Um, when I got here, first of all, when I come to America, I've been almost all over trying to market my art and also trying to learn about the history of America and the people. And that's when I discovered that it was no Juneteenth in Charlotte. That's when I say, let me do it. And using it also as a tool to again educate about the rich culture of Africa and also to unite it, to unite people. Because I believe that blood may be thicker than water, but it is the blood, the water of life that keep all of us connected. That's why I say let's use Juneteenth as that tool. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I heard a recent interview that you did, I think it was last year, where you mentioned that it's finally getting to the point where people aren't directly asking you, you know, what is Juneteenth? Like the awareness is growing. And because of all of the things that have now come with uh, the expansion of Charlotte and kind of the growth that, that the awareness of Juneteenth is now at the point where it's not so much a question of what is it, but you know, how do I, how do I celebrate it? And do you feel that kind of uh, your role and uh, and kind of the the Charlotte Juneteenth celebrations are at least partially responsible for growing that awareness. Yes, uh, thank you for the world now to know what Juneteenth is about, because I believe that Juneteenth is a very very big part of American history, and thank Donald Trump for. <laughs> Sending it out there, putting it out there. When I got here, it wasn't people, my phone was ringing, people was walking in. What is Juneteenth? And it was not just African-American, but African-American, white, you name it. What is Juneteenth? That was the question every day. And I was born and raised in Africa and explaining to Americans what is Juneteenth. And I'm so proud now that Juneteenth is out there and proud that Juneteenth give birth, Juneteenth Festival of the Carolinas, give birth to all the Juneteens around Charlotte and surrounding area. That's a wonderful thing. I just believe that it was much better 
if it was combined, the whole thing. Because in the beginning, what we did was call it Juneteenth Festival of the Carolinas. So I think all those Juneteenth out there should have combined and being one. And that's what we promote unity and togetherness. Yeah. Um, Tom, from a historical perspective, you know, how has the significance of this holiday changed over the years? And what impact does it have today? Are you noticing uh, differences in the way it's approached and perceived and celebrated? Very much so. Um, the, the Juneteenth thing uh, started out as, as just a Texas thing. Um, most of you probably know, but as the end of the Civil War, uh, you know, you didn't have the internet and you couldn't log on and, and, and find out what had happened in the last 24 hours. And so the end of slavery, the, the communication, you know, white folks controlled that communication. And so the word did not get out as quickly as it might. And in um, Texas, uh, June 19th, 1865, there was a, uh, the, the word got there and there was a celebration. And for a long time, that was kind of a local thing um, until, I think, until uh, uh, Pop uh, started- 19, 18, uh, June the 19th, 1865. And I hope I said that, I may have said something different. There, there you go. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. Um, but um, the, um, but that, uh, until uh, it started to you know, crop up on Thomas Avenue, I really wasn't aware of it. And today um, there is talk around the United States, particularly in this last year, um, as, as President Trump and others have, have kind of butted up against this notion that Black Lives Matter, um, there has been, um, as, as part of that, uh, should we make Juneteenth, a community celebration day, uh, a day off from school. Uh, there are some uh, companies that are giving Juneteenth as a day off if you wish it. Um, and um, the energy for that in this part of the South um, started on Thomas Avenue. Yeah, that's amazing. Do you, uh, do you find that being in the South that uh, you, you find that it's, it's taken more seriously and celebrated heavier in that region than say in other parts of the country? Pop, what do you think? Uh, oh, me, okay. Um, yeah, I think in the South. Is, uh, it is out there in the North, up North, New York City to upstate New York, Virginia, but it is more celebrated in the South more than anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, Pop, you said that uh, you believe that Juneteenth is not really just an African-American holiday, but it's that it's really part of American culture as right. a whole and that it's celebrated by all American people, regardless of race or culture. Um, do you find that 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 movement is still growing rapidly? It is growing very rapidly in the South. But here at Juneteenth Festival of the Carolinas, our aim is not trying at all to recreate the past, but to share in the spirit of freedom and togetherness. That's, that's my goal. Yeah. And what, when you have a, a festival, a celebration, what, what kinds of things happen? What, what can we expect if I was to walk into this, uh, this Juneteenth celebration? What are all the festivities and activities that are going on? Um, 
every year we start Juneteenth with our youth, a youth day camp that start every year on Thursday, uptown Charlotte. And there we gather between 400 to 500 youth from five years old to 16 year old, teaching them about art, culture, uh, painting, uh, acting, uh, motivation, all kind of stuff so that they can move forward with their life and keep that in their mind. That's what I believe. That's how I was raised. That kids, you need to talk to them. You need to teach them. You don't just let them be by themselves at four o'clock, mother not there, daddy not there. Somebody have to be there to teach them. They don't know nothing. You have to talk to them. And that's what I believe. That's why every year at Juneteenth, that's how we open up Juneteenth with the youth daycare. Every year. And on, th on Friday, we have the opening drum circle. Because I also believe in communication. And in African culture, drums is the symbol of communication. That's the opening drum circle. And now on Saturday and Sunday, I have the actual festival from R&B. And we have also vendors that come from all over the country, from New York to Alabama to Mississippi, you name it, Texas, you name it. We have vendors from everywhere. And from Africa also. Like two years ago, before the COVID, we brought some groups from South Africa, the Zulu. And they were here providing entertainment for Charlotte and surrounding area. And on Sunday, we have, like Tom was saying earlier, the gospel explosion. That's all day long on Sunday. And speaker, motivation speaker, speakers, and it is peaceful, very, very peaceful. We get a thousands and thousands of people, but very, very peaceful. We never have any shooting, no problem, no nothing since day one. I knock on wood. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's amazing. Absolutely. You know, you get a bunch of people together and sometimes, you know, things go wrong. But I just the vibe that you give off kind mm -hmm. of emanates peace. So um, I, I would uh, I would hopefully that 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 stays that way. Uh, knock on tons of wood, but I'm sure that uh, with what you've put together, that uh, that will continue to be the case. And uh, people like I'm not doing it myself. We have a committee here, right? But people that are out there, like my friend Tom Henshin, who's out there putting it putting Juntin out there every year since day one since day one, or oh, every year, every year, every year. And putting House of Africa out there, that make me just feel so happy and make me feel welcome to America and especially welcome to Charlotte and the South. Yeah. Yeah, Tom, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty awesome. So you've been uh, supporting uh, not only uh, Pop and, and his art and his stores, but really the culture and the celebration and been a huge part of driving the awareness yourself. It is. Oh, I, 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 thank you so much. Uh, I don't think I'm a huge part of it, but 
um, as a neighbor, that's that's part of neighboring. Um, and there's a lot of people pitching in. I, if you have been uh, on um, the corner of Thomas Avenue and Central Avenue, there's a, a building-sized mural about Plaza Midwood and its important characters and, and places in recent days. And there is uh, Pop and Jai, um, about 12 feet tall. And so um, he's wearing glasses, not like today. Um, but uh, it's, uh, it, this is a, a, a thing that brings people together. Uh, one of the, the dance troops, uh, a, a woman from Africa, Elsie Mufaka, um, has a dance troupe year round. And this is one of the things that they come together to do. And uh, last year, uh, as the, the protests about the, the George Floyd murder came, she danced about that with her troupe. And a, a number of the folks in the troupe uh, were white folks. And so this notion that we can come together around issues, um, it's a powerful thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And in fact, uh, since you kind of brought that up, it, it jogged my memory of something. So I was recently having a conversation with somebody about Juneteenth, and uh, uh, it was mentioned to me that this person wasn't sure if, and, and a lot of people aren't sure if it's appropriate for for white people or for non-African Americans to celebrate Juneteenth, and they feel like maybe they wouldn't be taken as sincere, or maybe they wouldn't be made to feel welcome, but clearly Pop, that's, that's not the case at all. It is not the case, my friend. We are all one. Again, Juneteenth is not an African-American holiday. It is a part of American history. It is American. It is America. So we all need to come together and celebrate it. Black, white, burgundy, yellow, you name it. It is America. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and, and that's that's exactly, you know, the message, the message of unity is a true message of unity. It's not conditional. It's it's really there to just celebrate people coming together for for many different causes and many different things. And uh, Juneteenth is a, is a very uh, special celebration, I think, and people should should feel welcome to celebrate your friends and celebrate your neighbors and and, uh, you know, uh, support all members of the community and all members of the world, really. True, true, true. And here at Juneteenth Festival of the Carolinas, we don't discriminate. And at Juneteenth, we have white drummers, sometimes more white drummers than black drummers, believe <laughs> me. <laughs> I can send you some pictures. Oh, yeah. And we all celebrate as one, as one. Yeah. That's yeah, I, I, I love that. Um, you know, Tom, I'm sure you've heard this, uh, especially a, as a as a historian or an expert on history. But, you know, there's that old saying that uh, you can't rewrite history, which, you know, to a point is true. But from your perspective, can we rewrite the way that history is presented and understood? For instance, is Juneteenth in enough history books out there in the world. And, you know, if you could wave your, your magic wand, how would we go about, you know, making sure uh, that we get accurate history in our educational system? I mean, that's a very big question, but uh, why don't you take that on? Well, I, I think that uh, if you're interested in learning, you should not limit yourself to school. 
And that's why this sort of free choice learning, I, I worked for Levine Museum of the New South for a long time, that's free choice learning. Um, uh, you know, digging into a, a history podcast, that's free choice learning. Going to a street festival, that's free choice learning. And by the way, you don't have to wait to the, the, the weekend of June 17th to go to House of Africa. Uh, Y'all can do that right now. And um, you, you will be surrounded by African art. Um, uh, Pop or somebody will, will welcome you. And that kind of learning um, is, is what um, I think helps us continually redefine what it means to be an American person, what it means to be a neighbor, um, and, uh, you know, like I was saying, when I was growing up, this stuff wasn't in the history books. Uh, there was really no place, if you didn't know to look for it, uh, that you could find it. And so what uh, is going on uh, on Thomas Avenue uh, this June and every June um, is, is part of that free choice learning that we can choose to enrich our own lives with. Yeah, you're creating a path for your own history, if you will to uh, kind of uh, help redefine it by actions and, and, and steer things into a, you know, a, a more healthy uh, generational move. I, 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 think that's, I think that's awesome. Um, you know, Pop, so you'd said a few moments ago that you had returned back from a trip home to Africa. And I was curious, does Juneteenth have you know, any kind of a presence uh, back where you're from? Is this kind of strictly an American U.S. thing or is there kind of movements in other places as well? Not yet. Not yet. But I start introducing them to Juneteenth. For example, between now and next year, what I would like to do is having like a smell celebration, starting with a small celebration at Gore Island, that was called the Door of Non-Return. That was the slave dungeon that was in Senegal when I was born, where I was born and raised. And it is a small island that's where the slaves were leaving uh, uh, almost West Africa to come to America or dispatch to the Caribbean and Europe. That was the commerce, the, the commerce, triangular commerce. Okay. That was the commerce triangulaire, c'est ça en français, the commerce triangulaire. This, I don't know how to say it in English. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> do you know that I did not speak English 25 years ago? Not a lick of English, huh? Not at all. Just the basic. Yeah. Chair, leg, maybe desk. Yeah. That was it. And I learned better than me. <laughs> I learned here in America what I know now. So I want, would like to start like a celebration there to bring awareness about Juneteenth to those people where the Blacks come from so that they also know what Juneteenth is about. Yeah. Even though they know about slavery. But uh, I just want them to know about Juneteenth. But now with the internet, they know. <laughs> yeah, the the glory of the magical internet, right? So, but you're you're on your way to making you know this this happen, and you know once this gets into place, then it truly will be a worldwide celebration. That's the ultimate goal, right? That's my goal. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's our goal. Yeah. A worldwide celebration. I think that will be good because I believe in 1981, when I was going to school in Paris, the president of Senegal was in this show, TV show called Seven to Seven, 1982. And they asked him, what do he think about slavery? I will never forget that. And his answer was, the, his name was Leopold Senghor, who was the first president of Senegal. And he said that slavery was the worst thing that ever happened to humanity. Right. But again, our aim is not trying to recreate the past, but using it to learn, using it to educate. So I think that Juneteenth should be a worldwide celebration. Yeah. Tom, what do you think about that? I think that anything that brings us together um, is a good thing. Uh, anything that has dancing and drumming is a good thing. Right. Uh, anything that has, uh, they have corn dogs, they have popsicles. They, I, you know, it's a street festival. And uh, it's, it's just this one block of Thomas Avenue so that, you know, if you're, if you're weirded out by really big events, this is a, a, you know intimate enough, and there there's there's not a lot of regimentation. Stuff happens. The drummers get going, and and uh, their circle gets bigger, and and then somebody has to go off and eat a, a corn dog or a donut or whatever, and the circle gets smaller. And um, it's great people watching, and it's June. What 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 are the dates this year? June seventeenth. Uh, June yeah uh, seventeenth through the twentieth. Very good. And to, this uh, 1215 Thomas Avenue. On Thomas Avenue and Commonwealth Avenue. Because we're closing Thomas Avenue and Commonwealth Avenue. So that's two blocks. All so, right. And um, this year we're having a march called the Juneteenth Freedom March. It will start on June the 19th at 10 a.m. from Marshall Park to Central Avenue and Thomas Avenue is going to be a peaceful march and called the Juneteenth Freedom March. Beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm curious. Uh, it, last year, I believe, uh, there were some regulations in place due to COVID and you guys kind of had to do like a, like a drop in, drop out, you know, kind of, kind of a situation. What, what's it, what's it going to be like this year? Is it going to be fully open? Uh, Yes, it, it will be fully open, but we want people to also try the social distancing, wearing the mask, and just be careful. Yeah. Because COVID's still here. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful, be responsible, but enjoy the festivities. Last year, we did not want it to have the Juneteenth celebration, but it just happened. Oh. It just people come in. People come, and it was thousands of people, yeah. drumming, dancing, all kind of stuff, in and out, in and out, in and out. It was careful, but this year we want it more careful because we believe that COVID's still here. Yeah, it's still here, but you know things are starting slowly to kind of get back to, uh, I guess, what we used to call normal. I don't even know what that word means anymore. But no more. <laughs> No more. What's, what's normal now will be, you know, celebrations, right? That's the goal is to have people celebrate things every day. Um, that would just be, that would be amazing. Uh, 
So as a country, America, I mean, we, we've come a long way, but we still have such a long way to go to, to rid ourselves of, you know, racism and bigotry and, you know, preconceived notions and stereotypes. Um, Pop, what, what message would you like to leave people with today? Again and again, the unity, togetherness. That's what I believe in. And communication. Yeah. Communication. Because if you don't communicate, how can you know the person? How can? Because of that barrier that is in between black and white. Yeah. The barrier that is in between black, white, that's what the problem is in America. The lack of communication. That communication needs to be here. We need to communicate in order to reach that, uh, that gap. We need to, the communication. Because I, I communicate with people. House of Africa is just not for African-American or Spanish or Asian. It is for everyone. And when I got here to Charlotte, to tell you the truth, to still now, I met more whites than African-American. What, why communication is the key. Sometimes they tell me that because you come from another country. It, I don't think so. Communication is the key. Yeah. It is the key. Communication is the key. I lived 10 years in Europe before coming to America. We live all together in one neighborhood, in one building. We communicate. We eat the same food. We do everything together. I think the lack of communication is the problem in America. I don't even call it racism. I call it lack of communication. Yeah, yeah. That makes that makes perfect sense. Uh, Tom, what about you? What would you like to leave our listeners with today? Uh, I think we've got a great communicator here in our midst in Charlotte, and um, it is our um, joy to be welcomed into House of Africa and to be welcomed into the Juneteenth celebration. And thank you, Pop and Jai, and thank, thank you, Aldersgate, for, uh, for the, 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 the energy this year. Yeah, great energy. Great energy. I love it. I, I think it's amazing the the way that uh, that this celebration has taken off and and uh, pop the way that that you are driving communication as a tool to help break down those barriers. I definitely agree with you. I think that that's crucial. And getting to know people helps kind of drop those fears. Um, and, yeah. and I do think a lot of of things in the world in general, you know, fear uh, breeds you know any number of things that that just make you not want to interact. And so uh, once you're in a, in a place where those barriers are down and the understanding is there, people are, are definitely more apt to, to interact in a more organic way and, and be more welcoming and, uh, and be more just caring towards people in general. Hey guys, it's not hard to be a nice person. <laughs> it really doesn't take a whole lot more than to just, you know, just be nice. 
you know so uh well i would uh, i would like to thank you both for taking time out of your very busy schedules to chat with us today uh this has been an absolute honor having you both on here and uh, I, I look forward to uh hearing about this this uh new this year's juneteenth celebration and uh i'll see tons of cool videos and pictures and uh sad i can't be there for it but um i will live vicariously through both of you and uh, I look forward to chatting with you both again in the future. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks a lot again. Thank you, Mike Peacock. And thanks, as always, of course, to all of you out there in radio and podcast land for tuning in and for helping us to share the awesomeness with the world. Speaking of awesomeness, if you get a chance, I highly encourage you to take part in this year's Juneteenth celebration in Charlotte. See for yourself what the true spirit of togetherness, friendship, and cultural diversity is all about. I also encourage you to stop by a pop shop, House of Africa, for a truly unique experience, and make sure to check out Tom's book, Sorting Out the New South City. And I guess while I'm getting all bossy and telling y'all what to do, make sure you send us your questions, comments, ideas, and thoughts to onair at aldersgateccrc.com, and we'll be sure to address them in future episodes. So until then, take care, spread the love, and we'll talk to you soon on Aldersgate On Air. Tom Hanchett, community historian in Charlotte, and glad to be listening to Aldersgate on air.